podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. And before we get into this episode, just want to let you know a few things that are going on with Leave the Pin Podcast. On our Instagram account, at Leave the Pin, you can go and get some money off Cam or Sports GPS devices. You can get the handheld devices or the watches, which I prefer. Save 15% with our link in our bio. Also in our bio, go to our Bonfire merchandise page, where you can get some of our latest gear and rep Leave the Pin anywhere you go. Especially to our people in the Northeast as we get to these cooler months, our Fall Classic, which is our best-selling sweatshirt. Look great on the course, drop some putts, lower your score with Leave the Pin gear. And as a big favor to us, if you can go to iTunes or Spotify, download, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment, leave a rating, we'd greatly appreciate it. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right, as promised, we're here with Nick Ribeiro from Preserved Links. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Dan. Awesome, man. Uh, I really enjoyed kind of, you know, the off-the-air banter and getting to know a little bit about the club. So I guess before we get into anything, we got to kind of set the stage for people and let them understand what this episode is about. So correct me if I'm wrong at any point in time, but Preserved Links is a kind of a club within a club you have to be a member at a private club to join and we're basically taking the thought of reciprocity between clubs to like an exponential level where members of preserved links can host members of other private clubs that also have joined preserved links and do meetups across the country am i correct. close in that assumption yeah that's correct all right so with that being said, and kind of the stage being set, give me a little bit more in-depth knowledge of how all this works, how you started it, you know, where the idea came from, um, and how it's grown. So I was in various other uh, societies beforehand, and um, it's a very popular concept today, especially post-COVID, because... These clubs all across the country, whether they're the best of the best clubs or even local medi- mediocre clubs, they're full. Um, the only way to, to easily access these places is through a member. So there's a big market for, um, for reciprocity between club members. So essentially what Preserved Links is the community that brings those members together so that they can easily reciprocate rounds and then we also have events we have a members only forum where they could communicate with each other and meet each other online then they could come to either uh events or gatherings further uh build relationships which lead to shared rounds all right so if i'm getting this correct i'm a member of a private club right um i put an application i want to join preserved links uh, and that could be for a myriad of reasons, right? I'm, I'm sure you have people that want to network. There's obviously the, the diehard golfer that just loves their course and wants to show it off. There's the person that maybe gets a little bit sick and tired of playing their own private club and wants to go and see what else is out there. How does that application process work? Let's say I'm a member somewhere. Um, you know, Do I shoot you a DM? Is, is there a form? How do, I, how do I get in contact with you for this? So most, most people either come through members we already have, like our members will um, not nominate new members, friends they have at either their own club or uh, another club where they've already established a relationship with. Um, we also get a lot of DMs on, on social media. And then uh, we also have an application right on our website where we have people fill them out and submit them. And then we go through them. Um, and people join for for various reasons. I mean, we have we have some members that have already played all the top clubs or played all the clubs on their personal list that they want to play. They're just looking for either more friends or a place to talk more about golf, which our forum offers. Um, we have guys that are heavily into architecture, 
so it's a place where they could talk about that. We have a we have some diehard collectors. Um, there's definitely value value in that for people because they can uh, if if you're going to say you're going to a private club, um, and that private club has done a limited release of some type of merch that all collectors would want. Um, some of our guys will post on the collector's thread like, hey, I'm going to this place. If anybody wants any of these things, I can pick them up for them. So we do a lot of that. That's very, that's very cool. Like, that's reasons. right up my alley. I like that a lot. Yeah, there's endless <laughs> reasons why people join these things. I mean, I when I started it, I thought for sure that it was only – my only intention with this was to reciprocate rounds. But there are – seem to be at least – a dozen other reasons why these why people have have joined have joined preserve links i mean there's people on there that they just joined for the forum and because i'm the moderator i could kind of see everybody what everybody's doing on there there's people that just go on there and they read it and they never even they, they don't even comment but they're there just to read it like it's the daily news you know there's those people too um it's just a ton of different people and a ton of different reasons why someone would be interested in, in a golf community like this. So you mentioned that you were a member at some of these other clubs slash societies in the past. Um, this is nationwide, right? This is not, you know, yes, located. It's actually, it's actually international now. Um, and I never intended it to be that either, but I've had people from all over the world that have reached out and, I kind of, I tell them like, Hey, look, we don't, we don't have any events in Thailand next year, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we have a guy from Thailand, you know, he, he's, he's a member. I look, I looked up the, we looked up the club. He's, it's a nice club there out there and he's in and, uh, he, he's, he's in for whatever reason. Um, he hasn't come to come to the States yet that I know of to play golf with us, but yeah, we have, we have guys from all over the world. All right, so where where are you located at in the U.S.? Like, where's where's home base? What area home of the U.S. is, is Reading, uh, Pennsylvania? It's about okay. an hour west of Philly. Right, so you're you're like an hour and fifteen um, from me out there. Uh, can you can you mention the club that that you're at? Yeah, so I'm a member at it's called Ledge Rock uh, Golf Club in Milton, Pennsylvania. Okay, very cool, very cool. Uh, is that the why is that so familiar? I just passed. I just played Penn State's course last weekend. That's on the way out that way, isn't it? Well, it's right Milton. off the turnpike. Okay. Um, and I, to be honest, I joined when I joined there. I joined, one of the main reasons I, I I was at a local club, and one of the main reasons I joined there was because I wanted to get more involved in playing uh, clubs outside my area. And it's a, it's a bigger national club. So there's a lot of non-resident, uh, national members at Ledge Rock. Okay. So it was my first step in, in building a, uh, a golf network outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. So you had this idea kind of like, you know, on, on the back burner, um, as you joined or, or moved up to Ledge Rock then, correct? No, no, I never had this idea until way after that. I mean, I was into travel golf and I was, I, I first, joined Ledge Rock. Then I started getting myself involved in some of these other societies. And then a group of guys who were dissatisfied with, with some of these societies kept saying things at, at other events, like, Hey, we need to, we, we should do something on our own. We should do something mm. on our own. And then I was just kind of the guy to step up and say, okay, I'll do it. You know? Well, that's always like the mother invention, right? It's it's one of those things where I don't like this, that, and the other. I know I can do it better. Let's do it better. It, exactly, and I and I think the 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 biggest issue is with with a lot of the other ones is they just got too big. Like a lot of them, what happens is they just get too big. So if you put yourself in a member shoes at say a top one hundred club, and you're in a society or a club with thousands of people. I mean, you're just getting hounded to death to host. And right. so, so after you, you get past a certain amount of, uh, after you get past a certain amount of golfers, you start to lose the, the top guys, um, the guys at the top clubs. And so far, you know, we've, we've kept, not only kept them engaged, but kept them happy and, and no one's, no one's going anywhere. So 
We haven't gotten too big yet, I guess. <laughs> I, I can almost kind of envision, um, you know, let's say you're a member at a top 100 club. Let's say you're a member at, you know, Oakmont, Marion, whatever, any of those. Do you see those people get asked more often to host because people of these kind of, I, I hate, I don't want to say lower tier clubs, but lower profile clubs, um, you know, join a society like this only to get onto those bigger clubs? There, there is that, but I mean, I can tell you this before, before even the society, the members at those clubs are already getting hounded. Okay. I gotcha. So, so, so they're, they're not, they're not coming in to preserve links to necessarily just host or even just play golf. Cause they know if they request somewhere, they're obviously going to be requested. They come in for, for other reasons. Um, a lot of the guys that we have at those clubs, they're very into the history of their club or the architecture of their club, and they want to share that. So they're looking for, for guys that are, that are into that stuff that they could, that they could uh, bring to the club. For example, we just had guys at Marion, and the member there he sits on the historical committee. So we, did, we didn't just do golf. You know, we did a whole archives tour. We did a clubhouse tour. Um, told us endless stories about the place. They love doing that type of stuff. You know, the last thing they want to be involved in is some type of group where people are calling for tea times. You know, they're not interested in that. Yeah, it's uh, I, very reminiscent of people that listen to this podcast. I mean, let's be honest, we're, we're golf nerds, right? And who doesn't want to sit down when someone has the same shared interest as them and just, you know, talk for hours? Yeah, you got to really get beyond the golf course with those with those people at those those high level clubs. If you're talking about like Oakmont or Marion, I mean, I have a good friend that's at Oakmont, and he was just telling me he's like, you can't imagine. I get random text messages from people I don't even know, <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, you you hosted this guy who's my my boss my boss's friend's cousin. You hosted him like a year ago. He told me you were a member at Oakmont, and I got your phone number, and I was hoping that you could get me out there. I mean, it's just like. He, people don't realize you know a member at oakmont he's 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 gets a million of those yeah and it's nameless faceless like why would i want to do that for you considering you'll probably never see me you'll never meet me you know yeah you might send me a card or a bottle of bourbon to say thank you but you know it's there's no connection and i think you're probably right when you get to that level you want connection to people within the game Exactly. And that's why, like, at Preserve Links, my whole concentration with this whole thing from day one has been about relationships. You know, I'm not we're not an event community. I mean, we have events, but we're not an event based community where we're setting up tea times and people just sign up. I have events in order to push these guys together, get these guys to meet each other so that they can establish their own relationships, build their own networks and then also reciprocate rounds. Right, right. And then one of the things I saw behind the scenes, and I think I commented or sent you a message, when they were at Marion, which was what, a week or two ago? Yeah, just last weekend. We were okay. And so I guess down in the archives, um, gentlemen signing the book down there, uh, you know, seeing some of the artifacts and stuff, and very reminiscent to me of the archives of the USGA house in Far Hills, New Jersey, because you know, Marion being a seminal club in the history of golf has some enormous history itself just for the club. Um, and seeing those things down there just kind of gave me those USGA vibes. And, you know, that's something that I, I wouldn't say that I'm big into, but I super appreciate the history behind it. And, and I could completely see myself if I was a member at a cl- club like that wanting to show, you know, everybody of, of like-minded individuals, like, come look at this stuff that we have here. I've, I've been to Marion multiple times. That was the first time that I had, actually, that was the second time I had been in, in the archives. I was there a month ago, and I, that was the first time. A month ago was the first time I was in the archives, and I was blown away. I mean, what those guys, what that committee there has done to build up that archives, I, I think they said they had they had scanned. They're they're going through the process of digitally scanning everything to make sure they have everything on cloud back up there, and it was something like two hundred and fifty thousand files they've, they've wow. backed up there. Um, it, it's it's literally endless endless golf history in there. 
what what was the coolest thing that you saw there that just kind of like took your breath away and you were like oh my god i can't believe they have this well i mean there's a bunch of really cool things and artifacts they have from uh from past tournaments you know like they have rory's broken iron in there um you know they have justin rose's bag in there um they have a lot of that that type of cool stuff um but what i what i really enjoyed looking as they they actually have the original the original plan of the course that that was drawn up in there too and they have a lot of stuff like that in there that's that's very cool that would be with, neat with 250 to... 000 files i mean there's there's <laughs> you can't pick a favorite thing in there you know <laughs> yeah I, I feel like the history of some of these big clubs really mirror the history of the game itself yeah i i, I always wonder when i go to these places now like, because I'm into the history of these places, and I always wonder, like, has have how what's the percentage of people that go to say Pine Valley or Marion or National Golf Links have actually seen these rooms that they have inside the clubhouse, which harbor all this history? And I I think most people just care about the tea time. I don't I don't I don't think that they care about this stuff, which is unfortunate because they ha- all these clubs have so much of it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bag tag collectors instead of people that want to kind of get, um, you know, behind the scenes of, of what actually goes on at the club and what has gone on at clubs like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's again, I think that's a ringing endorsement for anyone that is looking to join a club or society like this. You're not only you know garnering that tea time, but you're making a relationship with a member that has access to archives and artifacts and you know historical objects that you would otherwise never see in your life except for maybe online yeah and even there i mean again you you can't share the amount of stuff like the, these clubs can't create anything online to portray right. the amount of stuff that they have so you would you had just gone off on on some pretty top tier courses and for a lot of our listeners since we're based in you know northeast pa and you know i grew up on long island a lot of these people you know understand ngl and and pine valley and all that um what are some of the top courses that you've been able to get on and kind of see behind the scenes at since you've started preserve links i mean i've played a lot i've played a lot of uh really cool places um i i i've played I've played Pine Valley. I've played Marion. I've played Pebble Beach, which is public. Um, I've played uh, National Golf Links. I've played uh, Shinnecock. Um, I've played a lot. I've played a lot of them, and they're all they're all good in their own way. Right. Um, well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. So you know, Pine Valley like consistently top one, two, or three all the time. Now, again, like anything in life, it's it's subjective. Right. So I understand you can put criteria down and stuff like that. I look at Pine. I obviously never played. Right. I look at Pine Valley and I see kind of like trouble everywhere. And I understand the difficulty of the course. Um, the way I always rank a course in my own head is could I play this, you know, week in and week out? So I've got to ask you because I've never talked to anyone that's played Pine Valley before. Is that a course that you could see yourself or people see themselves playing, you know, daily, let's say, or is it just too difficult and too laborious to get around? So it is, it's extremely difficult. Um, but I am like a five or six handicap and I could play it every day. Um, okay. I would say if you're a 15 or 20 plus handicap, it's probably not the place for you. I mean, and I think if you're even if you're better than I am, if you're like a scratch or a plus, I would think that those guys would love it. Is um, there room to miss anywhere? Because these pictures I see make it look like you're threading a needle on every hole. So Pine Valley is, is definitely in the, in the conversation for one of my favorite courses. And what I love about Pine Valley is that there's tons of variety there. There is tiny, tiny greens, like eight, which is a split green. The green to the left which is where the pin normally is, is, is maybe the smallest green I've ever played. But then 16 has a massive green. Some of the fairways are tight. Some of the fairways are wide, wide open. Um, their Golf Digest did a great, uh, a great um, 
aerial flyover of every hole at Pine Valley. You should link it if you can to this. Okay. Um, it's it, it's it, it was a good job, but video and pictures just don't do it justice of of the place. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So to answer your question, there there is some spots to miss, but there's not many, and you have to think your way through every shot on that course, and you're gonna play, you're gonna hit every club in your bag. So right then and there, hitting every club in your bag, that's that's important. I mean, think of how many courses people go out and play and it's driver wedge or they never touch a hybrid or they never, you know, pull their three wood out. And so, you know, right there and then pull, if you just pull a driver out on every hole at Pine Valley, you're dead. Even if you're a good <laughs> gotcha. player. So you need to think your way around the course. Yeah, you, you have to. Otherwise, it's it, it's it's definitely uh a driver, a driver off every hole, especially those short par fours. If you if you don't hit it perfect, you're you're dead. All right. So so there are a lot of top tier clubs in the country that everyone knows about, right? They're always in the top hundred golf digest or golf magazine list. What's one of the best underrated private courses, or maybe maybe underrated private courses like super super private? They don't even want to hold events. You know, they don't want anything but their members and maybe societies like this coming in, clubs like this coming in. What's what's one of the best ones you've been to that maybe people have never heard of before? Oh, that's a good question. Hey podcast patrons, it's Dan. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but just wanted to make you aware that we are now being sponsored by Cam Moore Sports. You've seen it in our Instagram stories, you've seen it in our posts and our reels, and you've heard it right here on Leave the Pin Podcast. Cam Moore Sports does golf GPS to perfection, whether it be the watches, the handheld devices, anything you need, they've got. Know your exact distances. Increase your greens and regulations, decrease your putts, and look like a damn better golfer out there doing it. Go to our Instagram page, at LeavePin, and check out the link to save 15% off all Cam Moore Sports products. While you're at it, leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes. Help us grow so we can serve you, the people. Now back to our episode. Um... I was I was going to say like up in the Hamptons around that area you have Sabonic but everybody's heard of that it's a top one sure course. sure just yep gets, yep just it's overshadowed by its neighbors Atlantic um, Atlantic is a top club up there also Atlantic is a top club in the state but not a not a lot of people know about that and I don't know that it's ever hosted an event um, but but there I mean that place is great as well they they if you're looking at just conditions. That place is one of the best condition courses I've ever played. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I've... Uh, and then I'm a homer. You know, I'm a member at Ledrock. Sure, sure. Oh, my God. You got to fly the home team flag <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I'm a member there, right? It's a great place. It's got a great membership. Uh, our, our course conditions, our PGA conditions every day there. I mean, we have a, uh, a membership. It's a golf club, so it's not it's not like your country club. Like, we don't have pool or tennis or any of that um so all of our uh all, all of our money goes towards the golf course there gotcha gotcha yeah yeah yeah. um a course for kind of real golf homers you know not looking to have all those other accoutrements and, and that's nice because all the resources and all the money goes goes into what you want which are the conditions and the facilities yeah, I mean, I, I say it every year. Every year I go back to because I mean, now that I'm in, heavily involved in travel golf, um, I don't get to play at home nearly as much as I'd like to. But every time I go back, it's nice to see they're always doing doing work to the course. Um, they're, they're they're always doing work to the course. So all of our resources go there go towards the course. We don't have pool, tennis, nothing else. Now I know you're, you know, in the northeast like me, a little bit further west. Is that a course that's open year round? Do they close in the winter? Do they close for snow? How does that how does that operate? So they 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 will close the course if there's snow. Um, if it's not if the conditions aren't too bad, if there's not snow on the ground, they'll let us play. Um, but what we have there, which is really cool, is we have we have an unbelievable um, training facility there. So we have private bays there. Um, they're individual private bays and they're heated. The heaters are pretty unbelievable. They're they're right over the door, and it puts this shield of heat in front of you. 
So you could be in there if it's like say 40, 45 degrees, you're there in, in pants and, and, and a golf shirt and maybe a pullover, but you could stick your hand through that, through that, uh, that heat wave and just feel the cold where you can't inside. Okay. I have never seen that before. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah. So we, we, we can, um, we can hit balls there all year round and the range is open every day. Nice. We have have a really, we have a, we have an instructor there. He's great. Andy Miller. He teaches there all year round. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Now you mentioned that, that you're involved in golf travel. Is that something that's kind of come out of preserve links or, or was that what you were involved in beforehand? Well, I mean, I always wanted to play all these courses. I mean, I was the type of guy where I was playing like, team matches at my first home club small country club you know three or four days a week or after work at nines when i could um and then once i realized that there was a whole nother world out there of of golf I, i actually got invited to oakmont for the first time i played oakmont and i at that point in time i realized like wow there is a there's a big difference between oakmont and and you know you're you're really nice country club in a, in any local city in America, um, and that's when I realized like I want to I want to be able to play these other courses. So um, I, I treated it like a kind of like a sales job. I mean I I have a I have a uh, an Excel spreadsheet where I I know every I have a contact list all my friends where their members at people that I meet people that I keep in contact with. So I I network a lot. Um, that's how I started. Now I, I, I essentially spend most of my time just maintaining, maintaining relationships. Maintaining gotcha. Relationships. Gotcha. So I, I, I think one of the questions that people have that listen to this podcast, cause we have a, a really diverse uh, audience set here. We have members at top tier clubs. We have people that only play munis and, you know, tank top and shorts. Uh, one of the questions I get all the time from people is like, you know, I'm on the fence about joining a private course. I want the, you know, the betterments that it provides me of agronomy, tea times, all that. But I don't know if I'm good enough. So I'll ask you this as, as let's say, coming from a, um, you know, an average golfer's mindset. Do you have to be a good golfer to join? No. I don't, I don't think, I mean, at some of the very top 100 clubs, yeah, you have to be a good golfer to join. But in that second tier or third tier of clubs, I mean, they want they want like-minded people. And it's the same thing at Preserve Links. I mean, I've got guys, I've got guys that are plus plus handicaps. I've got a guy that's a retired retired pro. Um, but I also have people that are 30 handicaps, you know? Yeah, there you go. So that answers the question right there. Yeah, I mean, and 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 look, at this stage in my life, the way I see it, the stage of everybody who's joining Preserve Links, for example, these guys that join that are plus handicaps, they ta- they they say they're like, look, I I want to build relationships and meet people. I'm done grinding over one and two. Three, three, four, <laughs> yeah, just, I think I think people would have a lot more fun in golf if they didn't do that. Yeah. So so I mean, um it's hard I think for, for guys that are plus handicaps to start playing with say 20 or 30 handicaps, but it's, it's gotta be about um, the experience and the relationship as opposed to golf competition, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and I understand like if you're putting food on the table through the game of golf, you know, that's a big difference between, you know, let's say someone like you and me, we're going out there. We're, yeah. I'm trying to shoot the best score every single time. You know, regardless of if I'm having a fun round with my kids or my friends or whatever, I'm still internally trying to hit the best shot on every single shot that I take. Um, I'm just not worried so much anymore. You know, I mean, it doesn't it used to define me. Oh, I shot a 79 today, man. I suck at golf, you know, (laughs) type deal. Um, And it doesn't. Unfortunately, I think I think a lot of these kids are brought up um, to, to think that that's all that matters. Yeah, that's it's it's very true. And and I see it now a little bit, too, with my high schooler, who's a, you know, a very good up and coming junior players, uh, you know, just finished his sophomore season and is starting to look at colleges and having some, you know, D3 programs that can that can talk to sophomores, you know, start to reach out to him and this, that and the other. 
Um, and he'll be of that mindset of, man, I was like, I was five over today. That sucked. Like, okay, that's, you know, he, I, I, today, they're, yeah. they're, they're so good. Um, and I've, I've been fortunate to play with some of the best juniors in the country. And I, I always hope, I always think to myself and I hope like, I hope these kids are actually enjoying this. You know, right. I hope that they, some of them are so competitive and they are so good, but I hope that if golf, you know, golf is in their future, even if they can't make a living at it. Yeah, there are a lot of ways to stay involved in the game and actually work within the game that don't require you to be, you know, a top 500 amateur in the world or top 300, you know, pro in the world. And I, I get it that so much of what they think their livelihood depends upon them shooting well. But one of the things I always do for my boys is I'll stop them in round and be like, just look around, like, look what we're doing right now. Look where we are. You know, I, I, yeah, you may have hit a bad shot or you bogeyed that last hole, but look at this place, you know, and you've got to kind of step outside yourself at times to appreciate some of these opportunities of courses that you're able to play. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, I also have a, uh, I have a lot of golfers that they'll be interested in, in preserve links and, uh, and we'll have an event somewhere like one that comes into my particular, like we had one at Cr- Philly cricket this year. And I said to one of the guys, I said, he's a really good player and he used to play um, competitive golf. And I said, Oh, did you play here before? And he said, yeah, I played once before, but it was during competition. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to enjoy it at all. Right. Right. So being able to go back later in life and actually getting to experience the club side of it, the member side of it, I, I and personally, I think it's just a completely different world than, than that competition side where they hosted an event and you showed up and you were so focused. You didn't see anything but every shot in front of you for 18 holes. Yeah. It's a completely, there's two completely different worlds between playing golf and then playing competitive golf. And they're really not even the same game. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you this. Um, you, know, you talked about your home course. Love it. Gave up, you know, plenty of love to it. But if you had to be a member at any other course that you've been able to play at so far, which one would it be? But, but give me a little bit of why in that answer as well. What stands uh, out? What stands out at, at you know, at one of these courses that you're like, man, this is like this is for me. Is there is there one out there that you can do that? No, there's like ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> there's like twenty. <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, they're all so good in 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 different ways. You know, what about what about one one cool aspect? you know, of a club, whether it be something like, I don't know, like Marion's flag sticks, right. Or, uh, like the little tram at manufacturers golf course or something like that, that sticks out. You're like, man, this is, that was super cool to see. Um, I don't know, to be honest, you got me. (laughs) These are the pressing questions. Yeah, I know. I know. I like, I like, (laughs) I like the history. Um, so I, I, I really enjoy the archives at these places, like the, okay. the libraries at these places. I mean, the Marion archives is unbelievable. Pine Valley has, has an unbelievable um, library, uh, national na- nationals library. I mean, you can find books in there going back to like the 1700s. Are members allowed to, to, yeah, I, maybe this is a stupid ass question, but are members allowed to check those books out or can they, can they read them inside you know, lot, most of most of them you can. I mean, there's okay. some that are so old that they have to be preserved. So they yeah, can't you can't them. touch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Case you can't you can't touch them. But I mean, there there is a there's a lot of cool stuff that they have even outside the club. Like for example, up at National, uh, one of the most interesting um, things they had there. I, I opened a random book and it was it was uh, Pete Dye's personal photos and. Um, course notes when he built the honors course down in tennessee wow somehow that made it to the national <laughs> right the, why, the national why isn't it why, why isn't it down in tennessee i don't know but they have <laughs> pro, i mean a lot the one thing about a lot of these modern courses is they don't 
they don't they're they're not they don't have those those uh historical things they yeah. should yeah i mean a lot of them should i think every club should no matter how old old they are i no, think they you, should you... keep historical records and build that stuff but um you know i i just thought it was awesome uh he pete i had like not just construction photos um he had photos of of his crew the guys working on, on at honors and building the course and then handwritten he hand wrote these cards that were placed underneath the pictures in 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 this book it was just really cool yeah that's neat i love i love seeing you know really in this game you know i'm sure just like you i've played a lot of golf uh, a lot of different places and the older that i get the more i appreciate the behind the scenes things you know the 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 how and why things are done the way they are and I, I just and i love that every place has its own history and whatever reason they have for it i love places that hold on to that history as well yeah so you've been to a lot of pro shops i take it um i am an individual and my wife will tell you this that probably spends way too much on items i don't need uh-huh. at pro shops uh what's what's your go-to when you are at a club um so i i i'm not i'm not a shirt guy anymore i used to be a shirt guy like just grab a shirt and go you know um but then your closet quickly fills up yes it does and 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 eventually that shirt gets thrown in the trash anyway um so now i try to try to grab things that are more collectible things like i started grabbing logo balls i grab logo balls i grab um accessories uh poker chips or metal ball markers i grab those um putter covers i collect putter covers from from all the different places i go to okay that's a cool one yeah i used to be a big ball marker guy and then during a round yeah i was looking for a specific ball marker and i have them all in a bag you know in my bag and i'm like i'm going through i'm like man all i want to do is find this one i couldn't find anywhere so i dumped them all out and it was like at that moment when 75 to 100 dumped out and i'm still spending three four minutes looking for this one ball mark i was like okay i think i have a problem right now (laughs) i used to think i had a problem too until i again started preserve links and i see there's there's people out there with much bigger problems oh (laughs) yeah there always is there always is the most i've ever i had i saw i had a friend um i have a friend that when we went to pine valley he spent sixty five hundred dollars in the pro shop so that that's a that's that's a lot of money. Um, and I've seen I, I've seen at least a handful of guys spend a few thousand in there. Um, same thing at National Shinnecock. Actually, they just built a brand new pro shop. It's beautiful. It's huge. Um, and, and they've got probably one of the nicest nicest pro shops now I've seen. But it's a collector's dream. I mean, they've got everything in there. Yeah, it's like I said, that's it's a lot of money, but I also can completely understand how you can get to that price pretty quickly. You know, a lot of these places, too, are probably one of those things where, you know, you say to yourself, am I this? This is my rationale, whether it be right or wrong. It's my rationale. I say, am I ever going to get back here again in my life? And I always ration it by saying, no, I'm probably not. So I need, you know, I need a flag. I need a belt. I need a quarter zip. I need a hoodie. I probably need a hat too. You know, <laughs> those things add up. Yeah. Another, another thing I'm big on is I always buy the club history book. Okay. Um, that's a neat one. Yeah. So per, actually I maintain a library for preserved links. We have, um, I want to guess maybe 300 different books. Um, but they're all quality books from, from, from top places, hard, hard titles to get. Now, last week when we were at Marion, we went. You have to go through the library to get to the archives, and um, I was looking through their library, and I'm like, "Oh, I got this one. Oh, I got this one." And I'm thinking, like, you know, this library is pretty. This library is definitely one of the best I've seen. But I have a lot of these. And then I said to the member, "How many? How many books do you guys have in your collection?" And I think he said like over two thousand. And I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm so far <laughs> off," you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, now you're talking about a club that's got all the titles from back in the in, in the uh, early 1900s on. I mean, some of these some of these clubs have 
written and and published books multiple times over the last hundred years. Right, and some of them are 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 priceless. You know, you you can't even put a, a monetary value on some of them because they might be one of one or or you know, we have one here in the states and the sister club in Scotland has the other one. Yes, there's a lot of that. And I mean, whenever these clubs release new books, they essentially only buy X amount of them. And when they're sold, they're sold, they're gone. So right. um, to buy them secondhand, I mean, you got to you, you it's, it's super hard to find them. I mean, I scout libraries for them, different libraries across the country for them. I, I scout estates. Um, the last thing I want to do is get involved in auctions because some of the some of the prices they go for in those auctions are huge. Yeah, through the roof when you get to like golden auctions and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, gets, that's uh... through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I mean I have so many books. I have so many books that I paid direct that I bought at the club that are still available at those clubs that are like a hundred to two hundred dollars, and then in the golden age auctions they go for like three grand. You know. Right, right, right. Because people just don't have access to that club to purchase it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and it's just so it's it's definitely uh, not something I would be collecting if I didn't have access to, to the places to actually buy them at. A lot of people would be would be mad at me if I didn't ask this question, um, because there are so many people that are just in love with Augusta and everything that, you know, it is and stands for. And they, you know, it, it kind of becomes uh, a ritual for them to watch it every April. Have you played uh, the national yet? I have not. I mean, I have, um, I have a, I have a few friends that have played there. Um, I've heard, you know, it's just as good as you see on TV. Right. Right. Yeah. That's but a, I've it's... also heard the experience there is unbelievable and that you don't see on TV. Um, staying in the cottages, eating dinner there. I've heard of the wine room there. Um, the wine room there is apparently one of the best in the country. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, waking up in one of like the Eisenhower cottages or something and just and walking out and having the putting green, you know, right a hundred feet from the from the door there. It's just uh, it's got to be insane to have that place almost to yourself. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to um, go there? Obviously. Right, because if you're lucky enough to get tickets to any event there, it's. Even though it's an intimate setting, because the tickets are limited, it's not like going to a U.S. Open where there's seventy thousand people a day or something. Uh, you know, it's still mobbed. There are still some corners of the course you can get to where there's no one around, but for the most part, it's still mobbed. And I can't imagine that place with with nobody but members milling around. Um, you know, I have been to the Masters a bunch. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a great event. Um, but, but yeah, I'm with you. I can't. I I. I can't i know a lot of people that have played it and i can't imagine playing it myself yeah yeah no very cool very cool um so food is another item that's kind of always on people's minds when they go to these courses or someone hosts them at a private club uh what's been one of the best items that's really lived up to the hype at a at a course that you've played um well in the philly courses the philly courses are all famous for the snapper soup you know aronimic has it marion has it philly cricket has it pine valley has it um i've i've had it at all of them it's great uh marion's peanut butter jelly bacon is great um the national lobster lunch is great um oakmont's cheeseburger soup uh, some of these things are such unique, specific things. It's like you're only going to have them there, and you're not going to have them anywhere else. Yeah, ever. yeah. So you have to try it. Yeah, of course you have to try it. For you sure. know, I mean, what the one that comes immediately to mind is the Olympic Burger Dog. But I have I have not been to Olympic, but you know, when I go there, obviously that'll be what I order. <laughs> yeah, that so was there, my there is... that was my thought process behind that question. You know, everyone says, "Oh, it's the greatest thing in the world," and I'm sure it's great. But it's just a hamburger in a different form. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is at all these places. Yeah, I mean, like maybe I'm being too cynical, but I, I you know, <laughs> I'm I sure mean, if I where, was there too, I'd be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Up where you're at, uh, have you played Country Club of Scranton? So my, yeah. <laughs> so my what buddy's going to. They, they have the hot dog there, right? The jalapeno hot dog or something? Yeah. So I've got two buddies that are members um, and this entire year. They have asked 
over and over and over. And I've just never been able to make it work. Um, but I literally have an open standing invitation uh, whenever I want. And I still have yet to been able to make it work with my schedule. Have you never played there? I've never played there. Oh, it's free. It's like 45 minutes away from everybody sends me pictures all the time. Every week he plays He's a member up there. Um, he's the superintendent at, at the course by me that, that we're, uh, it's a public course, but that we were members at this year. And he's like, dude, you just gotta come. I'm like, I know, but you know, the boys have tournaments and baseball and work. And it's like, you know, he always plays midweek during the day. And that's like the most difficult thing for me to accommodate, you know? The greens there are wild. It's uh, it if it plays half as good as it photographs, it's got to be amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Bob Bob Ford actually from Oakmont claimed that they have the uh, the second best greens in the state. I mean, that's a pretty damn ringing endorsement considering some of the courses in PA. Yeah, I was lucky enough to meet um, Bob Ford right before he left uh, Oakmont and. When I told him I was from Eastern PA, he that was the first thing he said. Did you have you ever gone up to Country Club of Scranton? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small world, and I'm sure you've seen too, with starting Preserve Links and continuing on that that it really is kind of a, a small insular you know society that golf is. Yeah, it's way small. I mean, I I love when I hear members will text me randomly all the time and say. Hey, I just ran into so and so, another member on on the first tee. You know, um, <laughs> I had just last week one of the guys told me they had a group um, down in uh, South Carolina, I think it was, out, and they 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 got randomly paired with somebody, and the guy they didn't find out till after nine holes. All of them were part were in preserved lengths. <laughs> so that's hilarious world and people pe- people do randomly randomly find each other but what i like most is when guys will tell me like hey you know i i just got around in with this guy and it's like oh I, I didn't even know that they knew each other you know but they 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 found some common interest on the forum um on our forum it's also like kind of like an app on your phone and and they're able to communicate privately with each other through there so they'll meet they'll meet and talk through there and then um, you know, they schedule rounds and then I'll usually get a text like sometime after that, like, Hey, you know, I've, I'm going here with this guy or whatever. Another good one is one of the guys, uh, um, this year. So some of these resorts post COVID have been really, really hard to access. Like Bannon Dunes is they're booking out into 2024 and 2025. I heard. Um, wow. so yeah. So, um, one of the guys, one of the guys posted that, he had a scheduled round out there in January and somebody backed out. So he posted on there, if anybody wants to take this guy's spot. So somebody took it right away. And I thought, Oh, how cool is this? This guy's going to go out to Bandon with guys that maybe he hasn't even met yet before. And then somebody else posted that he randomly put a, he put a, put something on our forum a year ago that he had two, two open spots to Bandon and two, two preserve links members took them and they had a great time and they're friends now they're all, you know, good friends after that. And I thought, well, you know, that's a story that I'm hearing a year later. I didn't even know, but it's cool to see these relationships fester between each other um, as time goes on. Yeah. That, that really is something that I think this game provides more than, than any other sport um, or connection out there. You know, it's, it's one of those things where like, if you're a cool person and you love golf, like, Hey, we're, we're friends already. You know what I mean? We just need to, you know, hash out the rest of the details. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's if there's one thing that I I constantly do brag about when it comes to preserve links, it's the members that I have. I mean, they're all they're all great people. Um, they're they're all open to hosting. I mean, they 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 build these relationships uh, amongst each other. They they're inclusive and they let other people into these groups. Um, and, and lots of golf is shared. Yeah, have you? Um, I know you had had mentioned possibly starting a podcast for preserve links. Is there any, uh, thought about doing merch? Do you guys do merchandise ever? So, you know, for, for like the outside public at all, or is it only kind of member based? Yeah. So no, all our merch is, is just for members. And then another thing we do is we have our, we have, a like a little member shop, which is just one or two things. Like I try to stock one or two things from the best places that I go to. Okay. So I'll grab like one or two extra things 
And then whatever the cost is, that's what we sell them for on the member shop. The purpose of that is if somebody like Marion, for example, if somebody's on there from another state and they're like, well, I'm not going to come all the way out there or I don't think I'm going to get back there anytime soon. But I played Marion 10 years ago and I've got this old yellow hat that used to be white and I want a new one. I mean, that's so so we provide them the ability to to buy that hat. And I mean, it's not it's nothing stocked like you would see at the club. That's the purpose of it. It's just so that somebody could replace a white shirt or a white hat or whatever. Okay. Um, gotcha. So, so we do, we do offer that. And then as far as the podcast goes, it's, I send out what I try to do is I send, I'll send out once, maybe twice a year, um, a suggestions email this way people, I, I would hope people see that and they're like, okay, well I'll, I'll give them my suggestion here instead of me getting suggestion texts all day, every day. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people have asked, like, hey, can we have a podcast? Like, we should do a podcast. It would be cool to do a podcast at this club or that club in their archives, you know. And and I thought, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I sent something out to the membership and, you know, you know I got a ton of positive feedback. So I, I would I would like to do it. Um, I just don't know the direction of of which way it's going to go first. And will it be public or will it just be something for our members? I don't I don't know. Yeah, like I think that would be so cool uh, to have, whether it be random hosts or or one person, you know, that hosts and and brings on people that have been to these clubs to kind of talk about their whole entire experience from playing to behind the scenes to what they ate, what they spoke about, um, you know, even even getting there. Like, is it difficult to get to from different areas of the country? And then your members have that ability to listen and say, you know what? I'm thinking about going to Maidstone next year when so-and-so hosts and let me listen to that episode and, you know, A, it gets them pumped for it or B, it's, ah, well, you know, it's really hard to get to from, you know, Northern California or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we, so the benefit for us is we have all that in, we have all that information. Um, it's, it's a good idea. I mean, I, I assume we'll probably do it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so listen, Nick, give us, give everybody out there kind of the ins and outs, how they can reach you, how they can contact you, um, the Instagram account and, and where else to follow along with this club that you've got going on, which, which honestly is awesome. And I love it myself because obviously I'm a big golf nerd and I'm not going to have an opportunity to play these courses. So it gives me an ability to follow along and get some, you know, secondhand behind the scenes information for these amazing courses across the u.s and internationally as well yeah so our website is www.preservedlinks.com um and i'm revamping that whole website i'm going to do more of uh in the past it's been a very simple website um but i'm going to do more of including all that stuff in areas that the public can see which is um events that we have and more, I mean, I do post the events that we have and are on our Instagram as well, but I'm going to do more as far as, um, showing, showing the outsiders, the whole, the whole club experience that we go through. Um, they can also find us or follow us at, uh, at preserved underscore links on Instagram. And we'll, um, we'll put all these links in the show notes as well for people. And then on the Instagram story, you know, so they can just click and, and follow right along. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nick, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I love getting some behind the scenes info on these amazing places and can't thank you enough for your time as well. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, man. Of course. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs>